Boss Lady Conversations with Monica L. And Coach Kaya. Boss ladies are vulnerable, authentic, love, hopeful, abundant, respected. Boss ladies are you. Welcome back, Boss Lady listeners. I am Monica L., a Boss Lady, Cleveland-born, L.A. raised, on the journey of freedom and happiness as an entrepreneur, educator, self-published author, and poet. Let's get it. My IG handle is at Monica L. underscore writer. Hey, boss ladies. I'm your girl, Coach Kaya. I'm a boss wife, mompreneur, sister, writer, and certified transformational coach. I help dreamers access their power by healing the trauma of their past, reigniting their dreams, and manifesting the miracles that matter today. My IG handle is at I am Coach Kaya. And shout out to our friends for becoming listeners and supporting our Boss Lady Conversations podcast. We appreciate your support. So please tell someone to tell someone to join us. This is a movement and there is room for your positive energy here. So true, Monica L. We hope that you boss lady listeners out there have been enjoying our conversations. We are thankful to God for giving us this platform because we need our creativity. We need growth mindset. We need healing and we need support. We also need fun and intentionality. So we honor you as we show up as ourselves and we hope that you feel comfortable being yourself and joining us. Yes. Thank you, Coach Kaya. And our mission has always been to give you a safe space to learn, grow, and contribute. And we want to walk away from Boss Lady Conversations feeling inspired, imaginative, hopeful, creative, abundant, and bossed up (laughs) to go after what matters in your life. There's something about when we say bossed up. I get so excited. <laughs> yes, I like throw your hands in the air, wave them around, like bounce. Yeah, sorry. sorry. All of that, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Today's topic, exploring the truth about creativity with America's creative coach, Janine Letford, is designed to help you better understand why creativity is a superpower that can help you live beyond your wildest dreams. And I love creativity because sometimes it feels so elusive. So I'm so excited to hear what Janine has to say so that we can grasp it and hold on to it and incorporate it into our lives even more. I found, Monica L, that when I lead with creativity, I always feel limitless. Like time is not an issue. I'm not tired. I feel, you know, because, you know, sometimes that mom life, let me tell you, you are tired, 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 and your child is on 10 and then a thousand and then yeah so I understand that feeling of creativity because I don't feel tired I just feel like I want to do more and it's coming from some deep place within me so I really want to hear more about that today and I like that sense of freedom that creativity gives me yes coach Kaya yes your sunshine he definitely he'd be on some thousand but I love him and all that energy and I wish I had an ounce of it I know that's a little different for you because you're mom but as auntie on the west coast (laughs) I love it (laughs) I love our moments and I'm so glad how you describe creativity because as a poet a songwriter creativity for me is my ability to be free and take off all the masks and just be my true authentic self and like really bring it to the table but I know for today's topic we're going a little bit deeper than what we're talking about as far as the creative space but thinking about creativity in the workplace 
And one of the keys that I saw, because I did do my little Google, (laughs) is about reframing and being an educator in the pandemic with so many, I don't want to say obstacles, but that sounds like that's the right word (laughs) to use, you know, as we enter the second year, some of our students and instructors had a lot of just barriers, you know, trying to go from a in-person type educational environment to online. And what does that look like? What does that look like in certain disciplines? What does that look like if you are a theater major and you're now online? What does that look like if you're a dental student and now you're online? Does that translate? And so, you know, we always look at the glass is half full versus half empty. And we've learned a lot in these last two years. And so that's what I was really leaning towards is the reframing and how we've overcome and have students graduated and all those great things. Format Magazine published an interesting article about creativity written by Jillian Groning. And it was talked about the 52 science-based facts about creative minds. And of course, a lot stood out to me. But the one that stood out to me the most was conformity kills creativity. Now, that just speaks volume. Like when you conform, obviously you're not being your true authentic self. And so, of course, your creativity is limited. And then the second one was creative people live longer. And of course, why not? Right. Because they have a form of expression and they're being, again, able to communicate their true feelings. So I love that one. And then the last one was positivity enhances creativity. And we always talk on Boss Lady Conversation about being positive. And we know that every day is not all roses, but being positive in just your own space, you know, being mindful, positive that you woke up today in your right mind, positive that you're able to move, positive that you have the, your basic needs are being met. So with that, I am just so excited about today's show. And Coach Kaya, what do you think about that? I love that you highlighted these points about creativity because it just feels good. It feels like there has to be a way to incorporate creativity into your everyday life, even if it's a small way. And I think that's what I'm excited to ask Janine about today because We feel like creativity is something that you have to plan for. And by the time you plan so much, you can get so far away from it. And so it's interesting that you said creative people live longer. It's like that to me feels like it must be some sort of daily practice or regular practice. Like it has to be a part of their lives in a very real and tangible way. And so, you know, I'm very interested in incorporating that even more because I don't think there's a limit to how creative you can be. You can always go deeper. And so I want to go deeper today. (laughs) So I say for myself, for you, for our Boss Lady listeners, if you've ever wanted to know more about the magic of creativity, our guest today will get you excited to explore your creativity in ways you've never imagined. Janine Letford is an award-winning speaker, best-selling author, and corporate trainer on creative thinking and intercultural creativity. She is the founder of Cafe Strategies and has inspired and led many people to reconnect to their creative abilities in order to produce innovative ideas for an inclusive workspace. And you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion is everywhere, but I haven't really heard people merge it with creativity. So that feels really special to me. 
She believes that creative literacy is a critical skill and she is often called America's creativity coach. And she is our guest today. So welcome Coach Janine. Yes, welcome. So, so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. It's our pleasure. <laughs> we are so happy to have you on Boss Lady Conversations today. So we wanted to know, how has creativity inspired your boss lady journey? It all comes at the foundation is creativity. And I think now is the time in this era, in this pivotal moment that our nation and our world is having, we're finally seeing, a lot of people are finally seeing what creativity is, what it means, and how it's such a, a driving force for where this nation and this world needs to go. And so for me personally, when I came into the realization of what it really was and how it was showing up before I even realized what it, I, I was doing and then how it's showing up now that I'm intentional about it. And you all brought up some really great points. I'm like, oh, I can talk about that. I can talk about that, <laughs> right? But it's, it's a game changer. And that's really, I feel why I was put on this earth and in doing this work is because it is such a game changer for every entity that calls themselves a human that this work is going to be paramount for us move, moving forward. So I'm excited to share a little bit today. That is amazing. I like that you, first of all, I feel your energy and I feel your vibrations and just being your true authentic self, which speaks volumes because in order obviously to help others, you have to exude that as well. So when did you know that motivational speaking and coaching will help you tap into your creative freedom? Well, I started my my career as an educator. So by trade, I'm a K-5 educator, so elementary school. And then I started a nonprofit for the graduates of my elementary school. So for 6th through 12th, and we talked about financial literacy. So I'm really big on financial lit literacy as well. And creative literacy and entrepreneurship. And then I was asked to teach at the local university for teachers getting their master's. So how to integrate the creative arts, right? The, the, the visual arts and dance and music into their classroom. And then I was sitting on the board of Donor Shoes, which is a nonprofit that helps teachers get materials into their classroom. And this happened to be a very powerful board. So at the time, the CEO of LinkedIn was on there, the senior vice president of Facebook and the, the top CEO of Essence Mat Magazine, you know, just, just really just powerhouse people. And then there's me like, the kindergarten teacher, you know, like what, like, who are these people? They're amazing. But I, because of that experience, and this was like over a, in one week, my young, youngest person I worked with was a four-year-old. The oldest was a 64-year-old and everyone in between different demographics, social economic levels, education levels, and, and disciplines and fields. But it really put me in a position to say, wait, what are the elements of a, of a true life, a, a well life lived and who's really doing out there and who's like shifting and pivoting and, and the wellness factors are there. And that's really what drove me into this work, the seven gems of intercultural creativity, which is my, my work. And also the fact that it needed to be spread. This, this research, these findings needed to be spread. So I actually left the classroom in 2019, six months before the pandemic hit not knowing the pandemic was right around the corner. And it's like, okay. And yeah, that, that was a creative journey within itself as the rest of the world experienced. But the motivational speaking came from that internal drive to get this message out because it's basically a life or, or death message. Like for people to truly understand what creativity is, is the indicator of a life well lived. 
I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. And wow, just to be in a room with those powerful individuals and you are a powerful individual in that room too, with your light. So, you know, (laughs) yes, boss lady conversations. (laughs) You talked about the Creative Wealth Academy and like, what is your mission for your Wealth Academy? Like, how do you see it serving long-term? So we're still building that out. Right now I'm doing live trainings now, but the Wealth Academy is going to be hosting the training course of intercultural creativity. We'll also be doing a certification program. So teaching people who are trying to either teach creative and innovative ways of thinking. In the corporate, I also work in K-12 as well, because I say uh, a lot of the opportunities are in corporate, but my heart's in K-12, right? Because if you really want to change the mindset of a nation, you have to start with the children, because your formative years are the most critical years of a person's life. And if you really do the brain research, and yes, I have a brain on my, my, my desk, I'm all about the neuroscience. If you look at the neuroscience, the most critical years of a person's life is actually from zero to four. The brain wires itself to the environment that it's in. And so if you're bringing a child into a creative environment where they're able to be curious, they're not hearing no all the time, but they're hearing, you know, well, let's look at what what that's going to turn into, you know, or or let's see what's going to happen or let's set some boundaries because it's hard. I have a four-year-old at at home, so we can talk about trying to be a mompreneur and a parent at the same time and a wife and, and, you know, running things because it's it's a lot, but that's where the creative balance has to happen. But how do I create a home where my son can be curious and I'm not saying no, 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 but I'm aware of something called the curse of knowledge where I know what the outcome is going to be because I've experienced a lot of what he is looking to experience. But I have to realize in perspective shift that this is his experience for the first time. So if he needs to see an egg, a raw egg drop and crack on the floor, I already know what's going to happen, but I have to remember he does not. And so for me to rob that experience from him for the sake of keeping my kitchen floor clean, I have to think creatively, what's the cost there? And so I'm trying to instruct corporate world, but at the same time instruct the K-12 world and the parent world and the caretakers that, hey, the workforce, the society, our kids, we're, we're pumping them into in the next 10, 20 years, it's going to be a completely different ball game. So if we do not strengthen the creative tools of our children now, we're going to be even in a more world of hurt than we already are in a decade or two from, from now. And so the Creative Wealth Academy is a place where people can go training. I'm also looking to do a few courses for, for parents or for people who are caretakers of young children. And my three-year-old, which I, I'm going to send you this once I get your, your information, my three-year-old actually and I wrote, wrote a book together called I Am Creative. And he is showing you what it's like to be creative throughout the day. And then at the very back of the book, I tell you like, hey, parents, here's actually what's going on. And here's what you need to look for here's how not to squash their creativity by accident. And so it's all a family affair. It's all a, it takes a village, right? And that's what we're looking to do. And the Creative Wealth Academy is a part of that process. Oh my God. Sign me up. Sign me up. I need all of this. (laughs) Amazing author. I mean, come on now. Children's book. That's so important. And we're going to make sure that we include all your information Oh, <laughs> we sent a picture. Yes. <laughs> we want to make sure we include all your information in the show notes as well. I mean, you just provided so much information. I am former educator for a certain school district and I taught third grade and boy, oh boy, that was an experience. I'll just say that. 
<laughs> and that's a pivotal year because that's where they stop learning to read and start reading to learn. The text jumps and gets thick the third grade year. And it's also pivotal year creatively and cognitively. They really go from concrete thinking to abstract. I say third grade is the best grade. And I, I was a third grade teacher too, because they're still small enough to like love you and give you hugs, yes. but they're, they're cognitively more advanced enough to get your, your satire and your like more advanced jokes. So it's like the perfect, the perfect point. You know what? I can appreciate it now, but when I was 22, I, I couldn't appreciate it. But okay, yeah, we will talk about that though. But yes, <laughs> I love the babies and they grown now and got their own babies probably. But yes, yes, and yes. So we're so excited. Just so many gems that you're dropping. And with that, so clearly you've written a book. <laughs> you've written a children's book. You wrote other types of books. So tell us about what does it mean to you to talk about intercultural creativity and do you have books about that as well? Sure. I have a, something that I, I will send you called the seven gems of intercultural creativity. And our logo is the diamond, right? Because who doesn't love a, love a good ethically mined diamond? Like bling bling, right? He put a ring on, on it. And the reason why I chose the diamond, number one, I believe it was a divine like appointment, but the reason why I really took the diamond is because we're multifaceted and there's so many metaphorical lessons you can teach with the diamond about, you know, pressure and heat and, and just the beauty and the value of the diamond is, is people think it's within the carrot and how big it is. The value of a diamond is in the cut if it's cut right. Right. And so you can metaphorically teach tons of lessons off, off of that. But the, but so I have the 16 diamond tools of creative thinking, which uh, my son and I talk about in the children's book, but in my adult book, not, not like an adult book, but in my, my a book for grownups, <laughs> it talks about the seven gems. And so intercultural creativity, that word is number a new word. So I actually trademarked it. I'm like, no one's using this term. Okay. Trademark. And creativity, I first define creativity because a lot of people think creativity is just, just artistry. So they're walking around saying, oh, I'm not creative. I can't sing like Whitney Houston. I can't dance like just Justin Timberlake. I'm not creative. Number one, if you're saying this out loud, your subconscious is hearing it. So guess what your brain does? It doesn't want to act creatively because you keep saying you're not creative. Number two, we need to reframe and redefine that word. And so the definition that my company is presenting, it's creativity is the process of problem finding and problem solving with relevance value and novelty. Highly creative people, number one, they're not just waiting for their bosses to give them things to do. They're out there being curious. They're observant. They're saying, well, why do we do it this way? Why don't we do it that way? Or who put that rule in place? What about this? They're, they're, they are the ones thinking that way. So first of all, I first redefined the term creativity. It's found in everyone. If you're a human, you have it. And it's a found in all disciplines accountants, CPAs, and of course the arts, education. And a lot of people now saw that their creative tools needed to be enhanced because of the pandemic. And we had to, to pivot and think of a new way when people can't go to restaurants, what's a new way that we can do this. Now, the intercultural part, that's key. Intercultural part is connected to the term cultural competency. Have you heard of the term cultural competence? Basically, for those who may not have heard of the term, it's a very important term that affects every area of your life. Cultural competence is your ability to observe with complexity, similarities and differences within other people with different lived experiences and 
perspective shift and adapt your behavior in different cultural situations. There's people who are very highly culturally competent and there's people because of their background, their childhood, for what have you, their parents who were like didn't travel at all or didn't expose them to anything, they're maybe lower. But what I talk about in my research is that it's a continuum that just because you're not culturally competent now doesn't mean you'll never be culturally competent. There's things that you can actually do. And just like you wouldn't chastise a five-year-old for not knowing trigonometry, you know developmentally that five-year-old is not there yet. But you'll never say to the five-year-old, you'll never learn trig. You just know that you know there, there's other development processes the five-year-old has to go through before the five-year-old can get to, to trick. And cultural competency and creativity is the same thing. So the aha moment is that creative thinking and cultural competence sit on the same set of cognitive skills. So if I'm strengthening one, I'm automatically strengthening the other. And if one is at risk, the other one is highly affected. So intercultural creativity is just that. And so if you have an organization that sadly is either toxic or they're just not paying any mind to people who have different lived experiences, there's microaggressions going on, or there's no DEI inclusion strategy at all, people aren't aware that it's affecting their creative output of their employees. It's a direct correlation. And so we're here talking about, oh, let's be innovative. Yeah, innovation. And there's no inclusion work at all. There you go. And that is intercultural creativity. It's really addressing the fact that you have to be mindful of both because they're directly connected and correlated. And we want people to be culturally competent in order for them to be highly creative and they can be in an inclusive environment so everyone can shine. Janine, that's so powerful. I can tell that when you speak about this, that you're really tapping into your intuition and that it's been such a journey, you know, that led you to even this moment. So I wanted to know, I think people are listening, like, how do I get there? So what advice would you share with other listeners who feel called to become more creative, whether it's through motivational speaking, writing, or other dis disciplines? Like, where do they start? Well, it's an internal. So whatever comes ex out externally, it's rooted from the internal. So as far as the seven gems, maybe I can go quickly go through through those to give a, a, a foundation. And in, in the book, there's a lot of like implemental implementable things, you know, as educators, we're all about, okay, well, what does this look like? Like walking it out. It's not just like theory, theory, right. And abstract stuff. The seven gems quickly, the gem number one is mindset. And I start at my mindset first, because however your identity is, that's how you, you operate. You operate from your identity. And so based off of the work of Carol Dweck, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her work, growth mindset, fixed mindset. And I pretty sure you are because you mentioned it at the opening of the show, the ability to have a growth mindset. Well, in the book, I call it creative growth mindset. And so people have to understand that your creative ability is a developmental journey. Your cultural competence ability is a developmental journey. So that's gem number one, that you first have to understand and believe that you can get better. It's there. Gem number two, I call it uh, open mind, open heart, the empathetic way. I don't know, well, I'm pretty sure because of the work that you, you both do, but you know how em 
empathy is a huge term right now in the business world, in K-12, you know, social, emotional learning, things like, like that. And so the neuroscience is showing us just how powerful emotions are and what that looks like. And so I talk about how empathy is directly connected to your cultural competence, but it's also directly connected to your, your creative development as well. Being in touch with your emotions, having something we call emotional granularity, which is the ability to identify your emotions and give them a name. Saying that, oh, I feel like, you know, is different than saying, you know what, I feel frustrated or I, I feel I feel angst about something. People who have a higher emotional vocabulary are able to better predict or, or construct an action plan. So I, I have uh, uh, things online where I talk about emotional granularity and I have the fact that I sit down with my two-year-old, you know, now he's four, but we were going over emotions at two because that's a big reason why you have temp temper tantrums is because they can't communicate what they're feeling. And so they don't know, they're frustrated because they don't know how to let you know what's going on. But believe it or not, I know 22 and 32 year old people who still have this same problem. And so emotional granularity is key. The third gem is cultural observation. We hear a lot about sales training, communication training, and all these other trainings in work and, and teacher professional ed, but we don't hear about observation. In order to be creative, you have to be observant about what's going on around you, right? And, and you, it's hard to be creative when you have nothing to create with. And because of, of doling our senses or we're not teaching with multi-sensory just awareness, it's, it's doling our observation. And so we do a lot of training on how to better be observers of your lived experience and observers of other lived experience. You can't be highly culturally competent if you're not observant of how other people are, are communicating their experience. The next gem is cultural curiosity. They say if creativity is the driver of innovation, then curiosity is the driver of creativity. So protecting the curiosity of our children and redeveloping the curiosity in our adult work workforce is going to be huge this, this next decade. Watch, you're going to see a big push in curiosity training, right? Because it, it's if you don't have curiosity, you're going to be ended up like Blockbuster, Kodak, and Radio Shack. Remember those companies, right? We're, we're not trying to be that. So curiosity is going to be very important. The fifth gem is perspective shift shifting really important to understand how to shift perspectives. And that's important for creative thinking and cultural competence. The next gem is authentic adaptation. How do we train ourselves and train our children to be able to adapt authentically? So you know who you are, you know your core values, but you're still able to adapt in different cultural situations because you're observant and you're curious about what are the needs in those particular social groups. And the last gem is being a bridge. In Malcolm Gladwell's book, Tipping Point, he talks about people who are connectors, right? Like you, you, you two, you seem like big connectors. Like you just know people and your brain's always saying, hey, I can connect this person with, with that person, right? Right? Am I, am I right? Or, hey, you know, I, I know her. She would really benefit by meeting this person because your brain is making these connectors and you're culturally competent to bring these people in different fields together. Those people are key to have on your team because that's where innovation happens. When people, actually Franz Johansson has a great book called The Medici Effect. And he says, innovation happens at the intersection of disciplines and talents and ideas and cultures, right? Yes, innovation happens at the intersection of disciplines, cultures, and ideas. So having people come together to create that will be key. Wow. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, again, you don't know, took me back to graduate school. <laughs> I love everything that you said. And I feel like, I know you said that it's for children and also for adults, but I feel like definitely these skills are valuable at every age. And it will be interesting at what it looks like in different stages of your life. Because obviously as an adolescent, it will look different than as a child and then as an adult. And like you said, to have it in a workplace that would bring so much value because we do know that all workplaces are not supportive of everything. It's like the mission is to get X, Y, and Z done. And, and if you don't go with the mission or the direction of the mission, then it's like, no, that's not what it is. So being open to that creative mindset. So as you talk about your program, what does that look like? Like, are these modules? Are they in person? Are they online? Like, how do you far as deliver your content? Right now, a lot of live in person and virtual as well. And when when all the courses go up on the Creative Wealth Academy, they'll be just on on demand. So we do have the on demand option coming very soon. And I, I know, I mean, I would love to do on live, uh, live, but I know I'm only one one person. And as this continues to grow, you know, I only have 24 hours in a day, and I can do more by doing the books and by doing the on demand. And so. I make sure that I understand that everyone's brain learns diff- differently, right? People have different interactions with the content. And I'm very visual, as you can see, like, right, right, what well, you two can see, but people who are list- listening, I speak with, with my hands. I'm very animated, of course. You know, if you're teaching five-year-olds, you can't be like, be alert. You have to in- interact. I'm big on storytelling. I have lots of stories because the brain is wired to for stories. So the concepts I'm trying to teach are usually traveling within the vehicle of a story. And usually there's humor or some type of emotional aspect. I, I tell pe- people that emotion leads, content follows. So whatever academic content or lesson content that I'm trying to teach, emotion has to lead because the brain hooks onto emotion first and then the content follows. So that's a lot of the coaching techniques that I use. I tell a lot of my clients and people who are coaching or entrepreneurs who are working with with clients that your metaphorical ability is going to be really important this next decade. Normally we leave metaphors to people like you, our beautiful poets, our preachers and teachers, right? I call it, I call it, right? Prophets, poets, and preachers, right? They're big on metaphor because as teachers, we have to communicate an idea to a group of people who are at different intellectual levels, right? And and we use metaphor a lot to, to do so. But now everyone is going to have to train in this ability because a lot of us are freelancers. A lot of us have things on the side. A lot of us are trying to communicate what we do and our creative ideas to people and metaphor is a way to do that. And so with children, I, I train my son young, young now. When we go on walks, they say, oh, look, there, there's a tree. Oh, look, let's look at the tree. There's bark. Oh, well, what does the bark do? You know, the bark protects the tree. Oh, that's awesome. So how is daddy like, like the bark? Oh, hmm. Well, bark protects the tree and daddy protects our family. So daddy protects the family just like bark protects the tree, you know? And okay, well, what do the roots do? Well, the roots, you know, and so that's called functional metaphorical thinking. And so good salespeople, good coaches, they understand the power of metaphor. 
there's so many benefits there that I don't have time to get into today, but I, I want to create a course on just how to improve metaphorical thinking and then how to bring it into business. It's not just for poets, even though poets use it so wonderfully because they understand that if I want to paint a picture for the reader, metaphor is the way to, to go. And I could borrow all of these elements and functions from the river and talk about how your grace or your whatever is like the river. Now, everything you know about the river, I automatically transfer to the object that I'm trying to talk about now. So these creative skills are going to be needed in business and entrepreneurship in normal activities that we didn't really make that connection before. Amazing. You nailed that. I mean, whoa. Yes, yes, and yes. And I mean, your son, his vocabulary and just concept of the world, he going to knock that GRE out. Okay, never mind. Yes, he might even create a new tool that's that even defines that creativity that he's experiencing at such a young age. So I'm excited about that, especially as a mom. I just love everything that you're saying, and I'm just so excited to be connecting with you. (laughs) Yay, same here. (laughs) Thank you. I wanted to know a lot of people hire coaches, right? For different facets of their lives. So tell us a little bit about the people that you work with, people who come to you and say, I need more creativity in my life. Janine, help me. Sure. Well, like, like, like I said before, we, we both start with the, we first start with, with the mindset, but a lot of switching and a lot of redefining is going to have to be done because a lot of people think that tools just mean, okay, well, what do I, I do? What do I do? What I do as opposed to, okay, how do I process? How do I become more aware of my surroundings? How do I allow my subconscious to start making connections? The brain has several networks going on. So there's something called the default mode network. I just call it the focus network to to be a little bit more simpler. There's a, the focus network, and that's the network that's turned on when you're like doing bills, you're doing express sheets, right? And you're doing that email, you focused on something. And then there's another network called the innovation network. Or I'm sorry, no, this, this network is the default mode net, net network. Um, the focus network you're just focusing on. Then there's the default mode network, which is a lot like the innovation network. And this network is turned on when you're daydreaming, when you're sitting there and just allowing that your, your thoughts to fly around. And so when my son would be just staring off in the space before I would be like, Sean, Sean, you know, come back to me. But now because of the, the research, I know that he was in his default mode network. He was in his innovation network. He's in inside his mind playing around with his ideas. And so for me to bring him out of that, I'm bringing him out of his innovation network. All of your best ideas will mostly likely come from your innovation network. And so allowing people to stop and just sit, (laughs) preferably in nature somewhere or or in a new environment every now and then, that is one easy, a lot of times free thing that you can do for you and your family or your clients or whoever you're with to turn on the creativity. Your brain needs time to think. And what's happening is all of the the background connection stuff has time to to connect. And that's really how the term intercultural creativity came with me. I was sitting down and my innovation network was turning on. And then I was like, cultural competence, creative thinking. What about intercultural creativity? So I honestly believe, number one, that it was a divine like drop. (laughs) But I also believe, and I am a woman of faith, so I I, I do come from that um, avenue as well. But I also believe that that's the reason why some of our best ideas come in in a shower because your default network is your default mode network is t- 
as turned on. A lot of times, a lot of your great ideas are just really random fun ideas are coming right as you start to wake up. You're not fully alert in your focus network, but you're in your default network. Your ideas are still swimming around and you're aware of them. You're not fully asleep. And so the brain waves are in a new brain wave pattern at that like special time for some of the most craziest fun ideas that really come up to your prefrontal cortexes. And that's where you're able to really think about them and make decisions about them and, and do things like, like that. So there's a lot that we're learning about the brain and it's fun. And these are things that you can do all day. Just have your default, your default mode network turn on, your innovation network turn on. Don't make decisions about your, your crazy ideas. Just write them down and just let, let them sit. Because sometimes you need to think about these crazy ideas to get to ideas that you can actually implement and bring to fruition. Oh my God, Janine. I feel like you've been following me all my whole life. <laughs> I it always so- feels like somebody's <laughs> watching me. <laughs> oh my god I mean first of all in the shower I just feel like because I can't listen to the music well technically I can but I'm not on the phone so yes I feel like that's when my ideals come and then as a songwriter I was taught that always have like a, a pad and paper or a pad and pen right by your bedside because sometimes things will come to you in a dream And if you could just wake up for that moment and jot it down, because you may not remember when you're fully awake and everyone knows me, I love to walk on the beach, like walking on the beach. That's like my second church. And so many things come to me because again, it's just me, you know, me, the ocean. I'm not doing a million things. I'm not on my phone. Sometimes I'm not even listening to music, but I'm just being at peace. And then I feel like when you're at peace, you can really hear. And we are women of faith as well. So we're feeling everything that you're saying. But that just really spoke to me. I was just like, yes, 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 that is me. And at the end of the day, we all are so busy. And we're always like, okay, this is what I got to do. Like, just to be present Mm -hmm. in this moment. Be present in a moment, not be like, okay, did I cook dinner? Is is, is the stove still on? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got to go wash the clothes. Yeah. Is somebody looking at the dryer? Anyway, but you know, you're like, I'm right here in this moment. And then it comes to you or just being quiet, being still, which some people I think take for granted because some of us just pop out of bed. We're running late. We're doing this. We're doing that. Or, you know, we got to get on our social media, see what's going on. Like, just take a moment. Just just breathe. <laughs> we, 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 moment. we call those mini vacations. And for people who do have a lot of things going on, you might have young children in the home or even old, old children. Sometimes they give you more <laughs> deeper issues than the young ones. Right. And you just have a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. See if you can get five minutes, 10 minutes to just stop and breathe. And breathing is very key by the way, because it moves you from your sympathetic nervous system into your parasympathetic nervous system. And that means you're more in control. Breathing is an automatic reaction, but when you become intentional about your breathing, you're telling your body, hey, let's calm down, let's focus, and let's, and if, if you start to get like angst or if you're in a fight or flight or, or faint or freeze type, type of mentality, you're in your, your sympathetic nervous system. So when you, you breathe, it slows down your, your heartbeat, your, your pupils re, re, readjust, your body's saying, hey, okay, I have control. It's going to be okay or just whatever. So breathing is key. Taking many vacations, 
but you don't have to go away for a three-day retreat. 10 minutes is better than nothing. If you have young children, teaching them this intentionally. When my son gets, you know, he's, he's four now. So of course he's, his prefrontal cortex is not fully developed. And this is where a lot of the thinking and control is. It doesn't, doesn't become fully developed until the age of 25. And that's probably why your car insurance goes down at the age of 25 <laughs> because of that, the, that, that brain research. So I'm intentional. Sean knows that if he gets heightened up or he's, he's starting to throw a tantrum up, oh, we stop, we breathe, take a deep breath in, and then we slowly breathe out. And then we see what the issue is and how to solve it. And so because I'm teaching him that at three, at 33, he's not going to blow up and then do something crazy because he knows how to get back into his, his parasympathetic nervous system, how to take control, and then how to have emotional granularity that I spoke about earlier. And he knows the action steps because you respond differently to rage, to anger, to frustration, to angst, to irritation. Your, your brain has a different reaction if you can label them. So he needs to label his emotions and say, oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling frustrated. What do I do? I stop. I breathe. I look at it from another perspective. I try it again. And if I still can't do it, I go and ask for help. We walk these steps out. So he knows what to do with each emotion. Wow. I love it. I'm, I'm getting the lessons of the four-year-old too. I receive them. <laughs> Because we're all developing. Human development doesn't end at 18. You develop until the, the day you, you leave the earth. And, and the brain, we, we think the brain just grows from zero to you know 10. Your brain is plastic highly from zero to four, like I said before, at a good rate from zero to 12. But you can still change your brain until the last day you're living. And we forgot that part. And so giving adults tools to continually re rewire their brain and to think more creatively, to control your emotions, to handle pivots and handle ambiguity and handle all of these things that we're currently going through. When you train your brain, you're rewiring your brain and you will be better and the people around you will appreciate and be, be better for it. Yes. I hope that they adopt your curriculum until all of the schools like nationwide so i'm just put that out there um and i'm glad you guys i received that yes 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 and remember i said it and i'll help you i'll, I'll carry something i don't know <laughs> but what i, I, I believe it <laughs> don't, don't think any job is too small for me I, you know <laughs> my, price, my price point has you. changed over the last couple of but anyway that's another topic okay <laughs> so how that's a very important to topic we're really quick. I mean, you can have you can have a whole separate conversation on value and how you see your creative work as valuable. I went from making five hundred dollars a keynote speech to I don't even want to tell you how much I command now because it it will I'll tell you offline. But it was a huge mindset break. I had to hire a coach to break my mindset because coming from an elementary ed, you know, I started elementary ed at what. $30,000, $40,000 a year, which we need to pay our teachers more, by the way, especially preschool teachers who are dealing with the humans at the most critical point of time in their life. But that's a mindset shift that I had to go through of saying, okay, Janine, what work, it, what do I value this work at? I value myself no matter what, because I, I am validated by, by my creator. But yeah, that's a whole other thing that, that women for sure need to work out on a daily basis. So I can talk to you later about that one. Oh yeah. I'm definitely going to follow up. 
because I'm about to forget about the boss ladies. Oh, sorry, y'all. Okay, yes. <laughs> Back to the listeners. <laughs> so how can our boss ladies turn their flaws into their friends as you have done? So when we think about that, Mm-hmm. That and that's a going back to mindset, but I do have a personal testimony to to share. I started my life speech therapy. I stuttered. I still do stutter today. There's times I couldn't even say my name fluently, and I have a twin sister who won speech debates, and she's brilliant, beautiful woman. But that made it even harder, you know, having a twin sister who was a, a very fluent and eloquent speaker, and then here I can't even introduce myself fluently, and you know, just walking to the speech therapy room in elementary school, all the way the journey, walking onto that TEDx stage into 2017. And it was a journey, blessed blessed by God, but still a struggle and a lot of mindset work. But the main tip or key tool that I would say is the power of reframing. No matter if you come from from a faith perspective or, or not, you have to understand that you are here for a reason. And that even the things that have happened to you that even may not look like optimistically, you know, people, people have some stories. People have had some, some very tragic things or, or struggling things or frustrating things happen. But for me, for my stuttering journey, it was me reframing that and growing up, looking at, at it as a liability. And I used to, you know, I used to cry myself to sleep, like, oh, why did you make me like this? Like, what did I do to deserve this? I can't even say my name and introduce myself and people think I'm stupid because I can't speak. I had good ideas. I just couldn't communicate them well. And I just felt God just say, you know, I didn't make a mistake. You're, you're fine. Let's, let's just take it day by day. And I, sometimes I walk out, I walked out on that stage, you know, years ago and just, I failed. And there's just a small whisper. That's okay. Let's try again tomorrow. And people have to know that they have a, let's try again tomorrow. And I reframed my stutter to be a foe to a friend. And now my stuttering story, I say it, I share it, it empowers people. They may not stutter, but everyone has that thing that they struggled with. So it may not be a stutter for for you. It might be some type of other insecurity or other other disability. Speech therapy, I was a special education student. They classify that as a disability. And when you reframe your disability or or whatever issue you're dealing with, as a a power position of how do I use this story as an overcoming story to empower other people to keep going, it gives it a new, new light. And so the power of reframing is, is key and how you identify whatever it is that you're working with that flaw. And now, like I said, said before, it's a story that I am, am empowered to share. I'm no longer ashamed of it. I use it to empower others and it has helped others see their own struggle in a new light. That is beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that with us. We really appreciate, you know, just that level of vulnerability and authenticity. I know there's so many people out there. There's such shame, right? There's such shame when we feel like we're not perfect and none of us are perfect. Uh, We are all a work in progress. So I think that's why we really wanted to start this podcast because we're like, you can still call yourself a boss, even if you don't even understand how you're going to be boss of your own life, of your own emotions. You're a work in progress. And so we appreciate you, you know, re-highlighting that sense of reframing and turning things around, starting with your own mind. Yes, yes, yes. It's so important. It is. I wanted to talk a little bit about burnout because everything we've been going through 
And so many people are trying to do too many things. I think, you know, there became this pressure of like, why didn't you start a business? <laughs> you know, why didn't you do your job? <laughs> why, why, why? It's like, there was so much pressure to be this, definition of greatness, right? Oh, you've been given this opportunity. Oh, you're working remotely now. So much pressure. I think a lot of people experience burnout in that sense of, man, I didn't accomplish anything that I wanted to. And they're looking at all of these other people who just seem to glow up. So how do you get back on track with your creativity if you're feeling burnt out? Glow up. I've never heard that phrase before. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing I would do is some of the things that I mentioned before, learning how to stop and breathe, take many vacations, and and, and that will hopefully increase, increase some clarity. Another thing is when you get clear about your purpose, your seasonal purpose or your life purpose, whatever, however you, you choose to identify that, it helps you better prioritize where you put put your energy. And it also helps with the power of no. And I was just talking about with, with my COO about this today. I was like, I'm still struggling with, with the power of no, of when to say yes and when to say no. Like last year or year two, a, a year and a half ago, no one cared about me or intercultural creativity. But in January, I went to New Orleans and did a keynote for the Serious Business Conference, which is the largest conference for the salon and beauty industry. Aveda puts it on. And if you're a salon owner or anything about beauty, then you know about that conference. I had no clue because I'm in elementary ed, but <laughs> but apparently it's a big deal. And it just, everything just blew up or glowed up or however, you know, your phrase. And so now I have people coming at, at me with requests and all this other stuff. And so I'm like, ah, you know, how do you balance? And so it's hard to balance if you don't have clarity of your purpose and clarity of your priorities. Before I would just say, hey, you know, if anyone wants to hear about it, and I'm still sharing this, I'm still in, in the growth phase, you know, but I say it's bamboo growth. I was underground for three years. If you know how bamboo grows, it's underground for three years. And then one day it shoots up and it grows like an inch an hour, <laughs> like it's that fast or an, or an inch a day or, some, or something. And I think Pastor Mike, Mike Todd talked about it, like the bamboo season. But I feel like I'm in a bamboo season. Suddenly no one cared about me a year ago. And now... I'm getting keynotes, you know, and now I, I like I cannot get on on a plane for no less than this amount of money because I have a son, I have a husband, I have to watch my time. And so because I have that clarity now and I'm saying, you know what, I shouldn't take more than the, these many gigs or I shouldn't be on more than this many podcasts. The fact that you knew Huey was a big, big plus for you because, you know, I I, I just I have to watch my 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 time. And when your boss ladies start to think creatively about, okay, well, what's that diamond idea that I have been brought to the earth to deposit? Okay. You only have a certain amount of time on this earth and no one knows their expiration date and you have something to give us. Just like my life's work now with intercultural creativity, I, I, I can honestly say that's why I was here. So that helps me, me with, with burnout because it helps me better say yes and no to the things. It helps me understand how many free things I do, how many paid things that I do. You know, I can't, I can't be doing tons of free things now. Last year, I could have because I was still building. This year, things have changed and prices have changed. And, and if I feel you know, instructed by God to do something for free, then yeah, I, I do it. But I can't be doing that you know, like, like crazy because I, I can't burn out. I'm only one Janine. But that also gives me the motivation to do these online classes, to do these things and to write these books. So people who cannot afford to fly me in 
and to pay my speaker's fees, they still have access to the ideas. You still have me when you have my book because that's the power of a creative idea. Ideas are the most powerful force on earth because ideas can transcend death. Ideas can transcend time. My favorite president is Abraham Lincoln. I have never met the man. You know, he died in 1865. I will never meet him, but I have access to his ideas because he wrote them down. So that's one of the last things I want to just empower your, your, your people. If you have something critical that you know you're supposed to deposit, I believe everyone should not leave this earth without writing at least one book. That's just my personal thing. But try to write it down because it's hard for me to get access to you if it's the idea is stuck in you because I can only get access to, to it if I'm with you. But when you write it down, when you put it on a podcast, when you put it out there for someone else, it allows so many more people to get access to your brilliance. Wow. I mean, you just drop in gym after gym after gym. It's going to be hard to pick which sound bites to use. We just go run it. <laughs> just gonna keep running. You're going to be like, you know what? <laughs> I'll, I'll take all the sound bites, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we will give them to you. Oh, my gosh. So first, I just want to say thank you for sharing your personal journey, because you are absolutely right. We all are on a journey, no matter what you see on the outside. The inside is totally different. And we are in this world. We are women in this world. And like you say, we are moms, we are wives. So everyone has their personal journey. Even a person who we think is the most beautiful and has no problems still is a person. And I think that's important that we share that, and especially with the younger girls, so that they know that you are, first of all, you're not alone. And that's one of the parts that I know Kaya, Coach Kaya and I love about Boss Lady Conversations, because you're right. We can't be everyone's friend. We can't know everyone intimately, but hopefully they feel, you know, the message that we're providing. So we're just so grateful to have you and sharing your light and you're helping people become better parents and, and actually allowing their child to be creative and giving them the words and the tools to be able to express themselves so they can become those book writers that you speak of. And so I definitely, we thank you for that. So with that, and I know you probably like, oh my gosh, we're almost there. (laughs) But what boss ladies inspire you to stand in your greatness at this time? She said, when you get, give, and when you learn, teach. She said, when it's raining and it's just dreary, don't forget that God has put a rainbow in the clouds. Look for the rainbow. She said so many things, and she validates the point that I just made. If you're no longer here physically, people can still learn from you, be empowered by you, and be inspired by you when you put your ideas down, either in a book, in a podcast like this, and a video, some platform where people can get access to you. She said so many things, and Maya Angelou continues to inspire me because that is the epitome of a life well-lived. When when I found out she passed, sadness was not the first emotion. Honor was. Number one, because I have a book signed by her in in my library and I saw her speak in, I think, the 90s or so long ago. But I was like, wow, that is the epitome of a life well lived. 
to leave it all on the table and talk about vulnerability. You know, she shared some stuff during her time here, but she wasn't ashamed of anything. She was like, hey, I, I made some choices. You know, that's the way it is what it is. But I learned from it and I got to, to, to share it and, and reframe it and teach others from it. Of course, you know, you being a, a, a poet, she was an excellent poet, but she was also a dancer. She was an activist. She was a writer. And she understood the power of not just the arts, but the power of creative thinking that includes the arts. I, I say creativity isn't only artistry, but artistry helps your ability to think creatively in non-arts areas. That's very key for people to understand. And we have the neuroscience to back it up as well. And so Maya Angelou is definitely um, a main one. And then of course I can't end this without saying my mama, right? She is the founder. She is the true creator of intercultural creativity because she created a home of intercultural creativity. And I dedicated this book to her. Thank you so much for sharing. I am, am I actually, Maya and my mother shared the same birthday as April the 4th. So definitely. April 4th. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. So that's my, my, my wedding anniversary. So there, there you go. Love wow. it. <laughs> you know what? We're vibrating. We'll talk about that later. But yes, it's just <laughs> everything that you're saying. I'm like. <laughs> Yes, oh yes, God. yes. Thank you. And you know, she marched with Dr. King and that was her good friend, like for real, for real. So yes, I love it. yes, love it. all of that. I love it. And I love, like you said, Janine, that she shared all of that with us. I mean, a true example and honor. I mean, that's how I want to go out. I want, I want not people to feel sad. I want to, I want honor, you know, like, wow, she lived her life. She left us with something and she yes. stood for the purpose. She left us with intercultural creativity. That's yeah. what we want to leave. And I tell people that's the goal. DEI is not our goal. DEI is the is a means to an end, right? We don't want people, we, we don't want to have an organization that's inclusive and then we just sit there around just looking at each other around the table. We want people to be an inclusive org, org organization because we want them to be fully creative and reaching their creative potential. Intercultural creativity is our goal. Powerful. So how can listeners connect with you? Are there any upcoming events that you want to share? Yes, and I don't know when this will be, be launched, but as of right now, I am very active on LinkedIn and if I'm, I'll be doing an event with creativity and education. If you know of anyone um, in the education space, um, I believe that's in, in, in April. So I'll be sharing about that. That is a paid event. It's not not huge paid, but it's just a small small ticket fee. I, I'm also if there's any women who are working with people in technology, I'm doing some speaking events with women in tech and also with women in electronics. So areas where women want to have more of a creative voice and a more of a creative force, I'm speaking with them. So you can certainly follow me on social media for that. And we're you know sharing the book. I have the interest cultural creativity book and I am creative which is a children's book for children and adults I say children and adults and that can be found on my website either janineletford.com or my business website which is cafestrategies.com c-a-f-f-e strategies.com amazing I mean this hour oh my gosh I pray that our boss lady listeners really really enjoyed it as much as myself and coach Kaya I mean, we just been blessed with so many different gems and that's our show for today. But as a recap of all the gems that Janine has shared with us, number one, creativity is such a game changer and now is the perfect time to move forth. Number two, 
If you want to change the mindset of a nation, start with your children. Boom. Okay. Number three, (laughs) we need to redefine creativity by being curious and being observant. Creativity can be found in everyone across all disciplines. Number four, Janine has creative gems that help you get started. Breathe. If even for five minutes, breathing slows down heartbeat and it allows you to readjust your perspective. And finally, take many vacations as often as you can, even if it's just for a short time. It makes a difference. We so honor you tonight, Janine. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of Boss Lady Conversations with Monica L. And your girl, Coach Kaya. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) This was wonderful. (laughs) Thank you so much. And don't forget, your creative health affects your financial wealth and your wealth in other areas as well. So be creative today. If you haven't already done so, please follow us on Spotify and iHeartRadio. And you'll be notified whenever we post a new Boss Lady Conversation episode. You are who you say you are. You're destined for great things. Your life matters each and every day. Now go get your blessings, Boss Ladies.